Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. <laughs> Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And the things from 2003. And the things from 2003. Yes. We <laughs> to go back there from time to time. <laughs> 2003 has been a big year in the repertoire recently. Mm. The people don't know that yet, Kirstie. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Um, so before we dive into this. Yes. <laughs> I think we owe the people commentary on something that has had no commentary thus far. Oh boy. <laughs> Which is Oprah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So much time has passed. I know. Wow. Yeah, so this is this is our core four, I think. Yeah, we're recording this on March 19th, so it's been a minute. Right. And we have thoughts still, I think. <laughs> We all experienced the gift of having a communal television experience. Yes. Which is still my favorite thing. It's an underrated thing in the culture, no doubt. Yeah. And there's times when, like, I don't want to play. Like, I'm not going to play for the Grammys. Sorry. No. No. The award shows and the sports events do not count. Yeah. But, like, give give me this good, good Oprah royal scoop and yes it was so much fun despite it being horrifying it was so much fun (laughs) yes the content was challenging yeah the memes were spicy yes they were (laughs) and And they still are grateful oh yeah i will never say no to an oprah meme no never not once not never no my favorite Oprah memes, like, my favorite subcategory of Oprah meme is anyone that also is making a mime joke. Mm. It's, like, a very <laughs> yes. niche subcategory in that meme family, and yes. I just love them every time. They delight me like nothing else. It's it's just, it's so, <laughs> so rich. It's a rich vein. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You've all heard a lot about this. I don't think we need to, like, rehash the details, but I think, number one, it was William. Yes. <laughs> Let's just get that it out It was there. absolutely William. <laughs> number two, I just live for Charles, future king of the Commonwealth, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> head of the Commonwealth being called out not once but twice in international broadcasts for his behavior as a human being. (laughs) Yes. Also was living for that awful moment um, the next day or the day after where they sent him for a photo op at a Mm -hmm. vaccine clinic. Mm -hmm. And we all got to spend more time with his strange fingers. (laughs) His fingers keep me up at night. Like, I don't. Why is he still wearing that pinky ring? Like, certainly a doctor has told him to take that off. <laughs> like, proportionally, I don't know how his fingers exist. He can't be healthy. No. I like that. I. I mean, everyone's hands are different. I'm looking at my own hands right now. Everyone's <laughs> hands are different. So, like, you know, no offense to anybody's hands. I just no. if his hands just feel like there's something happening. There. <laughs> Um, overall, I think it was fascinating. I'm really happy for them to be able to get on a platform and say what they wanted to say. I told you (laughs) going into it that it's basically just the exit interview everyone's dreamed of. Yes. And they had like a full year to stew on it before they did it. So, you know, it was like incredibly thought out, well thought out. And you... Walked away with it thanks to Oprah's help, I think, feeling like there's no way that these people are making this up. Yep. I also feel like it's very difficult for me to imagine. Like, they kept putting out there repeatedly that, like, 
the Sussex team didn't review any questions ahead of time and, like, there were no negotiations or whatever. But, like, both teams were so tactical that there was, like, some really incredible synergy going on, and I just have a really hard time believing that, at a minimum, they didn't understand each other's playbooks, even if they weren't I read something collaborating that, directly. That was an Oprah, like, quote or something about this yeah. interview. And she said, like, I go into all my interviews asking the person, like, previously, uh-huh. asking the person what they what their goal is, telling them what my goal is, and trying to find a way to merge them. So I think Got at it. the very least, you were correct. Yeah. It's possible that, like, a specific question wasn't screened. Right. But that topics were discussed. They, they all knew where they were going. Yeah. Everybody was ready for the big picture of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. We were not. <laughs> it was interesting because the the Harry interview on James Corden that we talked about previously was like pointing everything on the media. Yeah. And so I went into this thinking like they're going to talk about the media. Uh-huh. And they did not, really. They no. did, but it was like, this is a personal attack on yeah. it was like family and institution. <laughs> the media is a problem, but also we all know the royal family has the resources to do something about it. So Right. 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 Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it was fascinating. I thought Oprah was incredible, and I don't think I'd appreciated her before because i just haven't like spent time watching oprah <laughs> i loved the whole like subgenre of tweets that were like loving watching gen x kids discover why oprah has like mm-hmm. owned the media mm-hmm. landscape since the 90s yeah i mean i think i talked to you about this but i think it's like it was generous and important for her to take the time after megan said anything in a situation that was about in being things being interpreted by the media to take the time to say, this is how I am understanding what you're saying. Yeah. Is that how you want people to understand what you're saying? Yes or no. Yeah. Um, which was great. And the only thing, this is my last thing. <laughs> the only thing that I wish had actually made it into the interview, because I think it was important and they put it in the clips afterwards was yeah. there was a whole thing where Megan talked about like the difference between her experience and other women's experiences in this family and what that looks like. And she had this whole thing where she said like rudeness and racism are not the same experience. Yep. And I feel like that was an important soundbite that they missed in the edit. And I wish they could have put it into it. They definitely could have taken out that whole bit at the beginning where they're playing with the chickens. And she says that she was watching the little mermaid (laughs) and it felt like a metaphor. And they could have put in the difference between rude and racist line instead. Although we all would have been a lot better off. I felt like there was a subtle dig at Disney adults in there. I just think if they're going to release, like, content the day after, like, what was left on the cutting room floor, the chicken stuff could have been yeah, that. <laughs> but Archie's chick-in. I mean, That's on. pretty good. That's pretty good. It's definitely something to consider when mm-hmm. I eventually get my chickens. Right. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chick-in is... I saw that, and I was like, man, that's the kind of shit rich people think of. Right. <laughs> Is there a rich people Pinterest that we don't know about? I know, right? <laughs> I want in on rich people Pinterest, which mm-hmm. might just be anybody on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Speaking of rich people problems, sorry, this is will be the last thing. <laughs> it was fascinating to think about the fact that they actually were strapped for cash because they had to pay for their own security. So despite being yeah. really rich, that also comes with concerns that cost a lot of money to address and yes i i you said this repeatedly but it is interesting how much of their beef with the royal family really just came down to security and it is just like it's not even that 
they're famous, it's that they are famous in such a way that it draws attention. Like, it wasn't just that, like, the media scrutiny was too much and being in the public eye is hard. It's that, like, being in the public eye is hard because that immediately makes you an assassination target. And they were just like, hey, maybe it'd be nice if, you know, we didn't have to deal with that every single day, all the time. Not to mention the related trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of his mother also losing her security and yep. that being a direct two generations to of death. very significant PR mistakes that the palace could have avoided just by continuing to pay for someone's security. Yikes. Whoops. But I'm thrilled to have them here. Yeah, I'm excited for them and their new lives. Mm -hmm. I think what I think is beautiful about it is, like, we were supporters of Megxit from the start. Mm -hmm. Like, you get yours, Meg. Do what you gotta do. But the real Megxit was Harry all along. (laughs) And, you know, like, in the lead-up to the Oprah interview, there were all these clips going around of old interviews he did where he talked about how much he hated being part of the royal family, and he hated... Like, he was okay with dedicating his life to public service, but he hated being a prince, basically. Yeah. And he hated his relationship with the media, and he's always been blunt about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the Oprah interview, he talked about it like he was escaping a cult, basically. And was, like, low-key in recovery. Yep. (laughs) And I'm happy for him to have the opportunity to live his best life. I'm so happy for him. Like, Megan already got to live her best life, and now yeah. she's just returning to it. Mm-hmm. But, like, Harry now has his first opportunity to, like, do what he wants to do. Yeah. And just live. It's really exciting. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm very curious to see what they will do. Yeah. But even if they did nothing, I'd be happy for them. Yeah. At this point. I think it would great. be great if they just, like... We're, like, the head of their weird little corporation foundation, and they just, yep. like, hid in a corner in their chick inn and, like, <laughs> made a bunch of money and didn't do a whole lot else. I yeah. think that's fine. That's there, fine. There are so many useless rich people in this country. Like, why not them? Right. Just let them be useless rich people. At least they're not, like, I don't know, like, mid-level execs at, like, Goldman Sachs. Right. You know? They're no Jeff Bezos, either. They're not the people who invented subprime mortgages. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Just let them be useless and pretty and rich. Right. If they want to make inspirational content for Netflix, fine. 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 Whatever. There's a market <laughs> for it. That's capitalism, baby. <laughs> um, so speaking of inspirational content on Netflix... <laughs> <laughs> and also yeah. the British aristocracy and useless middling rich people and Americans who find themselves in situations <laughs> in the UK let's talk about <laughs> the 2003 film What a Girl Wants can we I know we talked about this a little in Slack but can we talk about the fact that that sounds like a working title Yeah, so it's like, like I s- I swear the studio just, like, forgot that they had to do something about it. And then they were like, well, oops. Was there, like, a trend of naming things after songs in that time period? Maybe. I mean, why Why that? Why? What a Girl Wants is Christina Aguilera, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's not even a tie-in. No, it's not. Like, maybe if they had gone with a Spice Girls song, it would be, like, a little (laughs) out of date at that point, but at least it would be related. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It does feel clunky. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. And it also doesn't mean anything. Well, that's my... Like, I guess... So... We'll we'll get to it. Um, I want to get to so many things. We'll get to it, but I think one of the challenges with the narrative choices of this film is that they were trying to shoehorn it into um, the, like, framework of a rom-com. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I think 
if this had been a true rom-com, what a girl wants would have been fine. Like, that sounds like a dating movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially like a teenage dating movie. Yeah. Um, it's weird in the context of, like, family systems issues, (laughs) which is ultimately what this is about. (laughs) What a girl wants is to not have daddy issues. Like, what? (laughs) I mean, it's like big Mamma Mia energy, where, like, the whole, like, narrative thrust is that, like, she doesn't know her biological father and won't be complete until she does. <laughs> it's like wild how they just were like, how do we convey this? And they're like, oh yes, let's make her a waitress at weddings so she has to witness a lot of father daughter dances. It's so convoluted. <laughs> what? Because it, it's not even, it's like she's a waitress at weddings because her mother, who is too free of a spirit to marry like a off brand low-grade aristocrat dude. Um, She performs at weddings, so obviously her daughter works for the vendors. Uh, Yeah, that's not how weddings work. It's not not how that one works, but, like, sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so much much to discuss, so... Lots happening. Do you want to plot us? Um, okay, so... (laughs) Beer me a plot. (laughs) Sing me a song of a plot that is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our new segment. Help. 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 (laughs) Um, Okay, so this movie is about a teenage girl who has a name. (laughs) Do you need me to take us there? No, I can do this. I can do this. I just can't remember her name, and it threw me off. Daphne. 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 Um, So Daphne is a teenager in New York City, and her mom is, like, a free-spirited musician who plays at weddings, specifically. Yes. And we open the film with, like, a little bit of mini-life story of child Daphne, who on her birthday, gets told the story every year of how her mother met her father. Mm -hmm. And we find out immediately that her father was, like, a rich dude. He's some lower lord who has, like, an estate. And um, they got married in secret while they were both traveling the world independently. Mm -hmm. And um, whoever the powers that be within the larger system of British aristocracy decided that their marriage was bad. And so the mom left England and moved back to New York and was pregnant, had her baby, and now they live their Gilmore Girls life in Chinatown. Yes. I have a quibble that the Chinatown set appeared to have a dirt road. (laughs) Help. Help! <laughs> I had several concerns. Oh, no! Um, I have not gone back to fact-check that, but they only show, like, an outdoor set. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually, like, nobody actually took a camera out in New York City on this film. Yeah. But um, it was, you know, an exterior set, and it very much looked like a scooter on a dirt road. Yikes. Um... Also, this is another side note, but rewatching this and Chasing Liberty mm-hmm. has made me appreciate that there was something in the culture in the aughts with scooters, which explains yeah. why I have a latent desire to own a Vespa. Yes. There, that was also true of um, the Mary Kate and Ashley Paris yes. movie. Yeah. Um, if I recall right, I don't know what else. Was it just that the aughts was when we started importing... European pop culture, so that brought Vespas, or, like, what happened there? Maybe? I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Pretty wild. Still, all I want in this life is to own a mint green Vespa, and it's never gonna happen for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. What a dream. I have a lot of dreams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, she's in New York City. She knows about her dad. She's 
like, getting ready to apply for colleges, and then she's at this wedding, and just kind of, like, snaps and decides, like, fuck it, I'm going to London. So she, like, in the dark of night, leaves home and flies to London. Meanwhile, in London, our dad, Colin Firth, (laughs) is busy deciding not to be a lord anymore and instead run for parliament somehow. So he's going to be a politician now. And... He has, like, a wife and a stepdaughter, and she's, like, clearly trying to be a socialite. And Daphne shows up and breaks into his estate house, and hijinks ensue. Mm -hmm. And we spend the rest of the movie with, like, it's literally just a series of hijinks. The plot at that point kind of falls apart. And it's just, like, let's put Daphne and Colin Firth in situations Yes. So there's, like, the track of Daphne having a crush on the guy who was working Mm. at the hostel where she was going to stay for, like, a night, and then she just decides to live with her dad. Exactly one teen boy in London. Yep. And now she's gonna ride on his scooter forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) And then, and he's a musician. Yes. And so there's that. And so they have a couple of, like, dates and encounters along the way where he's, like, conveniently the musical act at whatever gala she's at. Yep. And then we have the Daphne, like, fighting with her, st- like, stepsister. Well, so they, so she breaks into her dad's estate and is like, hi, you're my dad and I've known about you my entire life and you just found out about me right now. Yeah. And Colin Firth ha- goes on a journey. Colin Firth, this- champion of playing d- dads who find out about their children later in life. <laughs> Colin Firth is, like, a really good accidental dad. He does the, like, bumbling, like, blustery, like, I don't know what to do or how to act. Like, this is all very awkward and new to me, like, really yeah. well. Yes. He's good at being overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so he he's like, okay, well, I guess you're going to stay here with me. And obviously that means that, like, you need to have, like, your debutante season. Yeah, he's like, you're I've just known be you for five minutes, for but like, event. yeah, he's like, obviously you have to have your, like, coming out. And she's like, what? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Seems right. <laughs> Which um, tracks with the persona of Colin Firth that we're putting forth here. So. That's fair. That's, that's fair. But that puts her in conflict with her stepsister because her stepsister and, well, they're not married yet, but, like, the woman who's trying to marry Colin Firth is, like, a social climber, and she's trying to use him to elevate her daughter's status right. so she can marry her off to, like, a richer lord, right? basically. And so one of these encounters is where we <laughs> where we see that this film has invested considerable funds in finding accurate doubles for yes. Prince Charles and William it was specifically. Alarming. So the Charles, I had to rewind three times. I did too. I was I kept like texting you and being like, this can't be right. Like there's no way that they booked Charles, so don't say anything out loud. Right. But then he would show up again, and I'd be like, are we sure? But, like, what? Is this part of this rehabilitation campaign? <laughs> That's what like, I was thinking. I mean, I know. I'm just saying, I know that, like, our politicians in the U.S. are not the same as the royal family. The demands are different. Like, the whole thing is different. But, like, Mich- Michelle Obama was in less. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Joe Biden was in less. Yeah. So it was like, maybe they wanted Charles to be cool. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it was very stressful. <laughs> it was very stressful. It was not actually Prince Charles. No, it was not. To be clear. But like... <sighs> yeah. But also, how did that dude not book more gigs? But also the implication that him and his son were at a teen fashion show... <laughs> 
<laughs> the most early aughts thing about this movie is that she's at this teen fashion show and she's like trying to meet up with her dad. There's been hijinks. It's fine. And she accidentally ends up on the runway mm -hmm. and she's wearing like low rise jeans, <laughs> a white spaghetti strap tank top with her midriff showing. And she has some kind of like jacket and like a little beret and she ends up on the catwalk by accident. Yep. And then she just starts like walking the catwalk and the movie is like showing everybody being like oh yeah like everyone's like into it into her jeans and her white cami and it like it was 2003 shit was happening but that just the attitude of the movie that like at a fashion show this one teenager jumps out with her jeans and cami and everyone's like <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yikes. That really stuck with me. The fashion in this film just solidifies. Like, I know we've watched a lot of fashion lately of the early aughts, but, like, why Why did we wear flare jeans? Why? Why? So many flares. Why were all the jeans so low cut? Why? Like, why did everybody want to see all women's, like, back dimples? I I don't know, but... Also, let's... why was it all so casual? Like, why was it all jeans and camis all the time? <laughs> Do you remember when you'd layer one shirt and then put another t-shirt, like, on top of that shirt? And then like, at one like point... Yeah, she, like, came out wearing that ensemble at one point, and, it, and like, the lower shirt or the yep. undershirt always had to be, like, so tight, so she's got on yep. this, like, tight green shirt yep. with, like, this t-shirt, and I was like, man, the only misstep there is that her outer shirt isn't a band t-shirt. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. She was, she would have been wearing polo shirts, like, they did not make her enough of a prep, but that's a story for another day. She grew up in Chinatown with her cool mom, Kirsty. I just... I don't know. I think she was a little preppy. Yeah. She had prep energy. Big prep energy. It's fair. Yeah. But, yeah, there's just, like, so much happening. Not <sighs> the least of which is Colin Firth in leather pants, also. Yes. But no one I know. asked for, but everyone deserves. That whole montage was just like, who approved this? It doesn't matter. We have I watched... <laughs> I watched this before Kelsey and I just screamed. <laughs> I screamed that whole montage. I was like, a montage is about to happen to you. She did. <laughs> and I almost didn't say anything because I there was no way you were going to remember that. No, no. And so I had an opportunity for it to just happen to you. <laughs> it was so delightful. But I, I mean, I was like exploding. Oh, I yeah. honestly was about to die. I said this to you at the time, but, like, Hugh Grant gets a lot of play yep. for his dance in Love Actually, which came out in the same time span. Where's the love for Colin Firth? Where's the love, man? <laughs> Colin Firth absolutely would have been my Hugh Grant if I'd been paying attention in 2003. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we basically spend the back half of this movie with just hijinks like you said yeah there's a she like goes to a gala for two girls and she breaks it yeah so she's like bringing the cool american energy wherever she goes yeah and it's causing problems for colin firth and for his fiance and her daughter because the more attention that he she brings at all of these events the more the press is like hounding him right and they talk about it a little bit at the beginning where they're like, how is this going to play in the press? So you have this like secret daughter mm -hmm. and then they just kind of like brush over it after that. But then the problem is more like she's not like fit to this dodgy British life. And so that's why she attracts the press attention. Yeah, we had a lot of parallels to our girl Meghan Markle in this moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yeah. was like hot off the Oprah interview and we were like... What did they know? <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey had a whole thesis about how the early odds entertainment was informed by the death of Princess Diana. <laughs> I have talked about this before on this show, specifically when we talked about Chasing Liberty, and I have yet to be proven wrong. 
I have yet to I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then... What's the, like, big so thing that happens? I don't know. There's, like, some... I, <laughs> Wait, I forget the end of this movie. So over, So over time, she, like, tries to rein it in a little bit and, like, try to fit in with society. Mm-hmm. Capital oh, S right. society. She gets a lot of, like, suits. She gets, like, a little skirt suit. And she's like, whatever. And And then her little boy toy like gets upset because she's not who, or she's he misses the old her or like some line, whatever. He knew her really well. Yeah, in like the four days that she's been in London. Yep. Um. And uh, there is a catalyst. I can't remember what happens exactly, but she. It just, like, decides that London isn't really working for her, so she flies back home. Yep. And just, like, gives up on the whole endeavor. And basically what she, she, like, leaves a note for Colin Firth or something, and is like, I'm ruining your campaign, and, like, bye. Yes. And he ends up, like, canceling his campaign and stepping down. Yeah, so she goes back to New York. She's reunited with her mom. I think at some point during all of this, she finds out that, like, hit... Colin Firth's advisor, who's also the, like, gold-digging wife's father. father? Yeah. She, Amanda Bynes finds out that that guy was the one who got rid of her mother. And it all kind of comes out through, like, very convoluted ways that her mom did not... Her mom was forced to leave yes. by this guy. But that Colin Firth was basically told that she left on her own. Yeah. So there's just been this, like, grand misunderstanding between the two of them for all these years. Yeah. And so anyway, so Amanda Bynes goes back home. (laughs) That's going to take us on a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to take us on a journey? (laughs) I was going to say, it's kind of like when you go through the stones and you think your husband died in 17... Whatever. So you spend 20 years sticking around in the present day only to find out that he hasn't been dead this whole time. Yeah, exactly. So in this scenario, Libby, who's Daphne's mom, is Jamie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Colin Firth is Claire. So take that for what you will. So so Daphne goes back to New York. She tries to, like, pick up her life and go back to applying for colleges. And Colin Firth is in London having a crisis. And <laughs> I'm not over it. I'm sorry. And uh, <clears throat> he's reflecting on his time with Daphne and realizes that he also hasn't been the person that he thought he was. So he suspends his campaign and then he travels through the stones and (laughs) goes to New York to find her. And what happens is that Daphne and her mom are working a wedding again, again. (laughs) And, um, Colin Firth shows up on a boat. You know what? It's a little hot. Okay, this was the most distressing part of this entire movie. I'm still deeply alarmed. And this is where I think it's important that we explore the fact that this movie was obviously written with a rom-com in mind. Yeah. So Colin Firth gets a rowboat somehow and rides it across a stream and shows up at the wedding venue. Lots of questions. Yeah. And he, like, gets out of the rowboat, and somehow Daphne sees him. Yeah. And, like, they run over to each other. And then he delivers a speech mm-hmm. about how much he, like, loves her as his daughter. Yes. And then she delivers a speech. And then they hug. Yeah. And the chemistry was alarming. <laughs> oh, no. I was concerned. Okay, here's the thing. I don't blame Amanda Bynes or Colin Firth for that moment. Yeah. I don't think they did that. But you know that um, Folgers commercial that goes around at Christmas time with the brother who, like, comes home from the Peace Corps or whatever? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And they're, mm-hmm. it's like the sister is sitting there yeah. and they're like talking about how he's home again. And it just looks like they're going to make out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This moment was the same energy. <laughs> yeah, like the order of operations was incorrect somehow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they, like you can't come in with the signals of a romantic gesture and then have a bonding moment with no. the child. There need to be different tropes for when it's like a grandfatherly yeah. gesture yep. instead yep. of like a grand romantic gesture. Although, <laughs> this is not the last time that Colin Firth will make a gesture by boat <laughs> for his long lost daughter. So. <laughs> oh, Colin Firth's grandfatherly gestures on a boat. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. <laughs> I wish my career could be like a quarter as distinguished. I know. Um, so he, he, they have their moment, they like reconcile, and then it's like, they all know how they feel about each other. And yeah. then her mom sees him. And this is the parent trap moment. And they have their parent trap moment. Yeah. And then he's and, like, go ahead. No, you you can take it. Well, he's like, hey, I brought you a gift. And it's her boyfriend. Then there's like, yeah, there's like a second grandfatherly romantic gesture. Yeah. Which they foreshadowed because she was sitting on like the dirt streets of Chinatown. And a scooter went by Mm -hmm. and she was like, ah. And then it wasn't him, but then it was him. Yep. And yeah, it was her boyfriend from London. Colin Firth apparently called him up and was like, hey, I'm going to New York City on a whim. Would you, a minor, like to come with me? (laughs) (laughs) I have so many concerns. (laughs) So then, like, he hands over the boyfriend to Amanda Bynes, and then he and the mom go off, and they just slow dance. The two couples slow dance together at the wedding. At someone else's wedding, who they don't know. Correct, correct. (laughs) Yeah. And then they get married again. Yes. And that's it. And Yeah. And presumably they get to be, like, rich and happy again. Yeah. I think the thing that needs to be unpacked, and I don't know if we're equipped to do that, is <laughs> what business, whoever made this movie, I didn't look it up, had, spending the money on Colin Firth to play a dad in a teen movie. <laughs> Um, like a choice was made an active choice to spend a certain amount of money to get Colin Firth here and this was in like the peak of Colin Firth being a sex object because he was in Bridget Jones sex object is disturbing but okay (laughs) (laughs) I mean this is my dad we're talking about here like (laughs) he could be a little more sensitive I do keep thinking about the time that you accidentally <laughs> told an entire online community that a joke accidentally made a comment about <laughs> I posted that picture of Colin Firth next to the like 50 foot paper mache Colin Firth in a river <laughs> and I was like behold my dad and it People were like, Colin Firth is your dad? <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm so sorry you don't know me well enough for this. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> I've been told before that I just have this, like, aura of confidence that makes people believe anything I say, and I just, like, didn't expect that to translate online, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right, Uh, Yeah, so, to be clear, Colin Firth is not my biological father. He is not. He's just my... My dad in spirit. (laughs) um oh yeah and Daphne gets to go to Oxford she gets accepted to Oxford for no reason but just because she wants to date the guy on the scooter I think her dad bought her that admission but that's fine yeah for sure um I can't find any evidence of how they 
conscripted Colin Firth, mm. but the budget was $25 million. Mm. And the thing about this movie that shocked me and shocked you, I believe, is that it wasn't actually that bad. No, it was a, it was a delight. Yeah, and like the soundtrack kind of slapped. The soundtrack slapped. It has like a compelling narrative enough and like it's fun enough and it knows what it is and it's not trying to like be more than that. Yeah. And like there's concerns about the end. There's lots of concerns. <laughs> but like compared to Chasing Liberty, it's not bad. It is infinitely better than Chasing Liberty. Although, like, could, couldn't we have gotten Matthew Good? <laughs> what, what is the issue? He should have been the teen love interest. Ugh. Yeah. Put him on a scooter any day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the wine show is missing, is putting him on scooters. I wonder if they did. They usually just drive the car. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't mind that visual. Just on one scooter. Both of them? <laughs> Sure, why not? Whoa. Whoa. Uh, um, I did just happen to notice this fun piece of trivia that I didn't go looking for. But it says, before the U.S. release of the film, print advertisements were altered to remove the peace sign that Bynes was giving in the poster as the 2003 invasion of Iraq by the United States, U.K. and their allied forces had begun. A rep for Warner Brothers explained... In a time of war, we made a slight alteration so that we could avoid any political poten- any potential political statement in a completely non-political film. Wow. Wow. The odds <laughs> were crazy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, if I've had... If, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This, believe it or not, this film is rooted in time and space. Mm-hmm. However, the San Francisco Chronicle called it a dreadful teen comedy. I really don't think it was that bad. We've watched and a lot of movies. Another critic from the Village Voice described it as a sanitized adventure for the Mary Kate and Ashley set, which, like, that's kind of a stupid criticism because, like, yeah, have you ever seen a focus group? Right. Like, that's literally what demographics are. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you understand Warner Brothers marketing. Right. Cool. <laughs> Sounds like it was effective. But again, Colin Firth, why are you here then? But yeah, how did he get here? I don't know. Like, they could have hired... What else was Colin Firth up to in the odds? Less Let's... important dad. He was in Bridget Jones. He was in Love Actually. I feel like... He was doing his rom-com thing. Wow, Colin Firth has a beard in this picture. I'm sorry, what? And honestly, this look is... Help. 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 Big help energy going on in this picture. Help. Um... Help. Hold on. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is a whole-ass picture of our dad, Colin Firth. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't prepared for, like, the white. I know. I don't know when that picture was taken, but just, like... Oh, wow. Dad. Yeah. Um... Alright. Man, he's stayed working this whole time. Like, dude has not missed a beat. No. He is, like, a true working actor. Okay, I don't know how we brought this energy into the universe, but... Uh Uh-oh. Did we manifest? I pulled up Colin Firth's IMDb, and there's a freeze frame, like, of a trailer, and somehow Matthew Good is the person in that trailer. (laughs) We manifested! We manifested something, alright. What did we manifest? I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> 89 films. He's also in a movie with um, Josh O'Connor, apparently. Wow. That He's is busy. Being made now. And Olivia Coleman again? 
There's a lot of Colin Firth that we could really get into There's here. a lot of Colin Firth here. Like a lot. Oh, no, Let's my see. phone just decided no. Oh, bye. That was alarming. Okay. Oh, wow. 2003 was a big year for him. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's busy. He's very busy. There was so much Bridget Jones content in the aughts also. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was hot in Bridget Jones. I th- I think his, like, whole blundering vibe is hot. Like, I've just decided at this point in my life to just accept that I'm into Colin Firth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It, t- it took a while to get there, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're, like, not supposed to find him hot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like... You know, the more that I, like, watch Mamma Mia, and more importantly, like, the more I watch other people watch Mamma Mia, (laughs) everybody goes into it having a lot of feelings about Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And it's just, like, I get it. It's Pierce Brosnan. But have we talked about Colin Firth recently? Have we? we? So. This is a (laughs) back catalog to explore sometime. Yeah. Lots, lots here. We can spend some time with our dad, Colin Firth. Yeah. I want to get into some of this 80s stuff where he was actual young dad. Yeah. Because we talk so much about how much we like our young dad. So what if we we actually had our young dad? We could. Yeah. This episode of Crown Court. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Anyway. uh, This movie is, like, kind of good... Kind of problematic. Very aughts. Yeah. You know what we didn't talk about is we didn't talk about the um, random, like, title cards that would show up before certain scenes. (laughs) Where it would just be like, Daphne is invited to a regatta. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were a thing. They looked like they were made in, like, those CD-ROM programs that you could, like, make videos in. In yes. the early odds, they also had the same energy as like the text and visual effects of Cinderella in 1997. Yes, you know a thing we didn't touch on is that I sent I sent this to you in Slack, but this is supposedly mm-hmm. loosely based on a 1958 film, mm. which I did not realize and have never heard of. Yeah, the film in question is the Reluctant Debutante. You know, it sounds like that almost makes more sense as a title than what a girl wants. True that. True that. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the IMDb for The Reluctant Debutante. Mm. It's got one of those great old-timey film posters. Mm. Um, I was not aware of so many things. Oh, boy. It's fine. Um, anyway, it looks fine. It looks like a fine old studio flick. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I think if you have the time to watch an old aughts movie, you should go ahead and watch What a Girl Wants. Yeah, like, if you want to go back to something that you watched when you were... 14. Or if, like me, you didn't watch it because it was prep shit. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a whole genre of movies. Chasing Liberty is in there. Mm -hmm. This movie is in there. Anything in the Amanda Bynes canon. Yeah. Which, actually, I never told you this, but um, there's an Amanda Bynes movie that I think is soccer-based where she pretends to be a boy. She's the man. Okay. I thought that's what this movie was for a while. No, those are different films. Yeah. Um, so anything in the Amanda Bynes canon, Mm -hmm. those were all prep shit. And so I did not touch them in this period of time. She was so close-minded in her high school years. I truly was. Um, so if you were like me and there's like a whole segment of teen girl culture that you somehow missed Mm -hmm. in the aughts, like it's definitely fun to revisit. Yeah. And it's on Netflix and it's just, it's here for you. It's here for you, and it's easy. Like, I watched the whole thing over two nights cleaning my kitchen. Yeah. It's great. Done. 
done. You don't need to pay that much attention. You're fine. No. And it's delightful. Yeah. And Colin Firth is there. He's there. I have the same, like, sort of feeling of general goodwill towards Colin Firth that I do towards Treat Williams, where mm-hmm. it's just like, if he's there, like, I just feel soothed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm like, just happy to see him. Right. On that note. um, (laughs) If you would like to contact us, you can do that. Can I just say, we have had two really high quality contacts today. We have. Two of our Hate Watch friends reached out to us and told us about content, which we will be discussing on the show because both matters were incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And it was just like an incredible delight to have two different times today where Kelsey and I had to drop everything we were doing in real time (laughs) to just like scream at each other about this. It's our favorite activity. It's our favorite activity. We do appreciate it. So please contact us. You can guarantee that we will be equally as excited to have your content suggestions and also just to hear from you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you can tweet to us at HateWatchWithUs. You can send us an email to HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can contact us on our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. Or you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and you can tell us how much taller a man gets when he has a scooter or no just a scooter yeah how many inches no motorcycles are not yeah scooters motorcycles are short man energy scooters only you have to have the confidence of a tall man to ride a vespa yeah yeah Yeah. so we want to hear about that also (laughs) follow us or subscribe or whatever it is you have to do now on Apple Podcasts to yeah. keep listening to us. I don't know if you're not doing that. <laughs> Whatever the button is on Apple Podcasts that makes it so you get our show every week, yeah. click that one. We would like that. IDK, but we do want you to get our show, so do that. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for some other people to follow who maybe have fewer dads to keep track of than we do... You can find some of our friends over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. They're a network of podcasts, and they talk about other geek shit. Um, that is probably both more and less geeky than the teen girl culture of the aughts, depending on your perspective of the world. You can find all of their shows over at Thoughtbubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, thoughtbubbleaudio.gmail.com, and you can also search them on Patreon if you would like to support the infrastructure that holds this content together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of infrastructure. Speaking of infrastructure. We're not there yet. We have one more week. Damn it. <laughs> we have programmed some extra special content for you in the month of April, and we are beside ourselves. Uh-huh. We can't fucking wait. It's going to be awesome. So mm-hmm. we're going to do... We're talking about Men in Kilts next week, y'all. Oh, that's going to be good, too. Yeah. So if you're yeah. not caught up, dude, or don't. You don't need to be caught up. <laughs> you don't need to be caught up. We're just going to be talking about Sam Hewen. And his attire, probably. Largely. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> we won't be as speechless as we are right now, but no. we still have to take it in at any given time. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Bye. Bye.